Good afternoon and welcome to Health System CIO's Partner Perspective Interview Series. I'm Anthony Guerra, founder and editor-in-chief. Today we're talking with Improvada CTO Wes Wright about why identity governance is being touted as an important weapon in the security fight, how to go about implementing it, and what the future of cyber defense may look like. Wes, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Anthony. Always a pleasure talking with you. All right, my friend, let's get started. Tell me about your organization and your role. Yeah, okay, thanks. Uh, uh, Wes Wright, I'm the Chief Technology at, uh, Officer at Improvada. Uh, been at Improvada, heck, come April, it'll already be three years, believe it or not. Um, uh, prior to that, I spent 25-ish years on the health delivery organization side at various CIO and CTO roles. Uh, my last one, I came out of Sutter Health as the CTO uh, out there. Uh, and Improvada is, you know, a lot of people know us as the, the tap and go company, the, the Tito or the uh, Bebo or tap and go uh, folks. But uh, since, uh, since uh, Gus Malezes, our, our CEO, came on board four or five, five-ish years ago, I think now, you know, uh, he said he had he had had and has a great vision for where Improvada uh, needs to be and what we should be for healthcare, and that is the the digital identity company for healthcare, not just the tap and go company, but you know we we want to be. I mean, one of the things Gus is commonly says is wherever there's a digital identity event in healthcare, Improvada will be there, and, and that's the kind of product portfolio the integrated product portfolio that we've built out. So from provisioning all the way to deprovisioning and everything that happens to, to digital identity within an organization, Improvada's got to play in that, in that, uh, in, in that area. So uh, Improvada, not just the tap and go company, but your, your healthcare digital identity company. Well, uh, we've seen a number of things in the news, so to speak, recently that, um, uh, or sort of support your approach around digital identity. Gartner yes, put out yes. a report that, that sort of f strongly favored this approach. Uh, NIST put out um, an article about the solar winds hack in which they said, uh, you know, identity governance, digital identity is extremely important. Yep. I know you've been talking about this for a long, long time. Right. A couple um, years so now, at least. Yeah. Tell me about your, some of your experiences on the provider side that, that made you realize that this was so important? Yeah, you know, it, unfortunately, a good, strong identity governance process is, is kind of like, uh, I don't know, for lack of better analogy, kind of like plumbing in your house. Uh -huh. You know, it's it's got to be there. It's got to work all the time. Uh, and if it's not there, it's... <laughs> It's a mess, so to speak. Right. Um, but you know, nobody likes to spend money on plumbing. Uh, it's uh, it's you know, it's always better to put in new cabinets or something like that, so that you know, it's it's all flashy and stuff. So we've we've neglected, I I believe in, in health IT, we've neglected the identity governance systems or what uh, uh, Gartner calls uh, identity governance administration, um, because. It, simply for that reason, you know, the, the pipes are in the walls and nobody can see it. And so when you do something good in it, um, <laughs> you're not being uh, put on the shoulders of the physicians and, and, and marched around uh, and lauded. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I think COVID, not just COVID, but but the uh, the the reports that you mentioned, Anthony, and Gartner coming out saying, hey, if you're going to do digital transformation, don't try and do it without a good IGA system in place because it's just going to fall on its face. And then the solar winds hack that said came out and said identity is everything, uh, as as in reference to the solar winds attack. I think those are just kind of reinforcing what we've known at Improvada for a while. And what I learned really initially, not initially, but was reinforced when I when I was out at Sutter doing a, a desktop transformation project out there. I uh, uh, I worked really tightly with the uh, Microsoft folks. And I and I started hearing from them, you know, identity is the new perimeter, you know, and I kind of a little slow. So it took me a while to figure <laughs> out what what they were talking about there. OK, yeah, that's kind of you do control how things get in and out of your network, uh, which is the perimeter uh, using digital identity. And, and <clears throat> that's when I first started realizing the importance of digital identity. You know, we, we as CTO and operational IT and a health delivery organization, uh, what digital identity meant for the longest time was uh, I got per, I got provider A coming uh, on Monday and she needs to see patients starting at eight o'clock in the morning. So, by God, I better have a digital ID ready for her uh, with the, uh, the appropriate applications associated with the digital identity uh, come Monday morning. And the way I do that is I go, hey, provider A is going to do a lot of the same things that provider C is going to do. So I'm just going to copy. I'm going to give provider A what I get, what provider C had, not knowing that provider C, you know, was also uh, part of the the medical executive committee and had access to those files and folders and, and then part of the GME program. So now I just gave uh, provider A, who's a brand new physician, maybe out, out, out of school, uh, uh, access to the medical executive committee's stuff. And that's the way we did identity management. And <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I put management in quotes. Uh, that's the way we did identity management back then. And, and, and we've realized that that was the kind of maybe not the way to go, the right way to go about it. And we, we're starting to see, again, with the Gartner stuff and the NIST and the CISA stuff, we're starting to see folks go, yeah, identity really is important and kind of woe the horses on, on what they're doing in identity. When, when was this approximately that, that you would say you had this epiphany, this discussion with Microsoft? What year approximately? I'm just uh, curious. I'd say 2015, 2016, 2015. somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah. You know, I had tried, I had tried to stand up uh, identity governance systems and it's hard. It's a, it's a, you can get caught up in the, I don't know, for lack of a better term, the politics uh, of of an identity governance stand-up system, uh, identity uh, governance system stand-up pretty easily because there's so many so many people involved. So, you know, the way an identity governance system works is you take some feeds from like your HR system that have a job code in there, and, and then that that feeds into your identity governance system. And based upon that job code and other demographics, you go, okay, uh, given that job code, I need to give them these applications uh, and so on. So it all, it kind of, there's a big funnel at the front of your IGA system. Well, (laughs) included in that big funnel, as you might think, uh, are a lot of different people. So 
whenever whenever I did used to stand up a, uh, an identity, tried to stand up an identity governance system, you know, HR, I'd go to HR and say, hey, I need your job codes and how they relate. And, that. and that's when HR would take the opportunity to go, you know, we need to bring in a consultant and we need to rationalize these. You know, I got 5,000 employees. I got 6,000 job codes. And so my, my, my IGA standup would just be kind of ground to a halt while HR did their thing. And then I go to the, the uh, ERP system and go, hey, look, I need to get these data feeds from you in order to build these identities. And, and they go, well, we only have our employees in that system. I go, what, uh, what about our contractors? What about our vendors? What about our students? What about our volunteers? Well, we're going to have to come up with a plan to get those into the system. So I'd be stalled again, waiting for them to come up with a plan to get into the system. And then I go over to the chief information security officer and go, hey, I'm standing up an IGA system. And they go, well, we don't really have these really great roles to find. So I'd be waiting again. So that's that's kind of been why standing up an identity governance system has been so hard. It, it, it really, you know, we thought about it as a as a project, but it's it's not a project. It's an ongoing, everyday kind of thing. And to get the momentum and, and the collaborative momentum going in an organization is just uh, trying, let's say. Um, so that, that, that's historically been the, the issue around. And I see a lot of my uh, friends that are still out there on, on the HDO side, uh, not a lot, but a few, you know, that, that have inherited some of those. Uh, those systems where they have, uh, you know, consultants in uh, helping them uh, determine these these different pieces and parts, and and really their IGA system just kind of sitting on the shelf was, you know, it's become shelfware while while they're doing all this other stuff. Uh, so it's not only is it not sexy, <laughs> um, uh, IGA. I mean, uh, it, it's also it's a it's it's a it's a really hard collaboration effort for a health delivery organization to, to get going. Um, in Provada, we do it a, a different way. Um, you know, we kind of use, we cheat <laughs> to some <laughs> degree. Uh, you know, again, we're, we're, we're uh, at, at one point, because of the success that we've had with Improvada One Sign, the tap and go, the Bible, the Bebo, the Tito, uh, because of the success of that, we were kind of pigeonholed. Uh, as the tap on tap and tap off company. But uh, uh, one, I think we've broken out of that, that, that silo, but two, now we're going to, we're using the, the, the strength that comes with that, you know, because as, as, a, as people in a facility have been badging in and badging out sometimes for years, uh, we can actually be a one sign, see the data, uh, see the applications that they've been badging into and out of. Uh, so now we can take that data. You can you can tell me, you know, uh, John, Jane, Pete, Paul, so on and so forth are ICU nurses. So I'll just pull the data out on one side and say, OK, what have Paul, Pete, John and Jane been tapping into uh, over the last year? What applications have they been using? So then I can take that data and stuff it into my uh, improvised identity governance solution and I can come up with. Here's the ICU, ICU role, and here's the applications that they have to use during their ICU job. So I shortcut all that, that, that big funnel uh, at the beginning 
to try and get the roles and everything defined with the HR and the ERP systems and so on. I can shortcut that by using Improvata one sign data uh, uh, to define the roles based on what they had been using in the past. So, th so that allows us in Improvata to stand up. You know, we, we can get people running, get that software off the shelf uh, in you know five or six months for five or six different applications. It's a it's a new it's a new way to think about identity governance rather than uh, letting that the that that big front end process drive the role based access controls. We're using data to drive the role based access controls. So all those all the 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 situation you described, the difficulties you had about having to go to each department and get mm -hmm. things going. You're saying that you use a vendor like Improvata. Um, and that a lot of that goes away. How much of it goes away and how much is still hard work left to be done? We know there's some left, right? Yeah. So we don't want to make it seem too rosy. What are they in for? Even if they get a company like Improvada, what's the CTO, CIO in for to make this a success? What do you need before you even go get the vendor like Improvada? Yeah. What groundwork do you need to lay? And then once you bring in Improvada, all vendors need their customers to right. do certain things to be successful, right? So take yep. me through some of that. Yeah, I think, uh, good question, Anthony. The, the first thing um, uh, you have to do is, is realize that, uh, that identity governance, it, it isn't a project, uh, it, it's a program. It's something, uh, you know, it's just like clinical operations. You know, you don't, you don't do a clinical operations project. Clinical operations are, are something that you sustain over the life of your organization. Well, identity governance isn't a project. You know, you'll have milestones and stuff like a project might have, but it's something that that you sustain over the life of your organization. So first, you got to get that into your mind, into the mindset, and then you know, you mentioned some folks that that I have to uh, um, collaborate with. Um, but it's, you know, one that you did leave out was the, the CISO, you know, and mm -hmm. since identity is really becoming that, that control plane for, for determining, you know, everything that happens within a network, the CISO's involvement is, is really key right there at the front. So <clears throat> the first thing I do now uh, uh, is one, get in the right mindset. It's a program, not a project. Yeah, I want to see uh, some value returned as soon as I possibly can. But I know that I can't just put my superstar IT person on identity governance for six months and then pull uh, her or him off that project and, and it'll run by itself. Now, you've got to have some resources. And actually, I've seen this, geez, over the last six months, uh, at least three really uh, relatively large health systems uh, I know of have, have actually hired vice presidents of identity and access management. So we're, we're starting to see that trend, that, 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 that mind shift from, from project to program really mm -hmm. start to be, you know, put the, people are putting their money where their mouth is on this. And I'm really happy to see that. So you've got to get those people that are part of that, that funnel that I talked about at the beginning, the CISO, the HR person, uh, the, your, business, uh, your business folks, even you know, people don't think about it, but your CMO, your chief medical officer has to be involved in this too. And you've really got to evangelize to them why identity governance is important. Now, again, it's, it's really kind of plumbing that they never usually see. They just expect it to be there. So you got to set out to them. This is what identity 
is. Uh, and, and this is how important it is in the life cycle, in the day-to-day work that your clinicians do. And then once you have them on board as champions, you know, most of them sit on the, the exec council uh, uh, facility, exec council with you. And so then it's not just the IT guy who wants to put in some technology uh, to make life easier for his IT folks. No, it's the whole organization that then realizes identity is everything in, in today's world. And we have to have a, a, a much better methodology for managing our identities than what we've had before. Do so that's, see- that is the big that is the big hard work right at the beginning that has to be done no matter what technology you buy, Anthony. Do you think you need a specific committee uh, with some of these folks you mentioned that would meet at some regular intervals? You know, I think you, <laughs> uh, and, and in healthcare, we, we, we love our committees, as you know. <laughs> um, but I, I think, you know, I think it could be uh, a maybe a sub or a, a an agenda item on your already uh, already uh, established committees. I don't think you need to stand up a separate committee for identity and access management. I, I think it would probably uh, fall pretty well in, into some of the other uh, committees that you already have. You're even in your boards, you know, um, you know like most boards have a, a, a security a security committee. Uh, I, I think the an, an update on identity uh, and identity governance uh, in that that security committee's uh, board presentation would probably uh, uh, serve you well. Not to say that you wouldn't have a bunch of working groups that would that would give data into that that uh, uh, security committee, but uh, I don't think you need to have a separate. Uh, okay. And this is, of course, just Wes's Wes's opinion after doing this for a while. I don't think you have to have a a separate okay. committee for that. You mentioned some new titles with identity governance in it. Mm-hmm. If, if an organization doesn't have one of those, who do you see typically running this program? Well, we said it's, it's not, it is a, it's not a program. Program, not a project. Yeah. Right. It is a program. Right. Okay. Yes, it is a program. <laughs> so who do you see running this program, a championing, championing it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one or two folks right now, uh, I, we are really starting to see, and, and I think this is because the security side of the house is pushing this hard. You know, the HISAC came out with their uh, white paper that, that essentially said, hey, CISOs, uh, uh, this identity stuff is pretty important, so you might want to pay attention to it. Uh, so they came out with that, and then they came out with their framework, which we based our digital identity framework around. Uh, so I think because you're starting to see the security side of the house push identity management so so much, we're actually starting to see the security side of the house, the CISO or somebody within mm-hmm. the CISO's office, mm-hmm. um, uh, really take up uh, the banner for identity governance or identity management, let's call mm-hmm. it. Uh, prior to that, you'd see it in operations. Like I, as a CTO, I, I was responsible for uh, identity management uh, in many of my places. And that was that was because it was an operational thing. It was back to that regular example. Uh, Nurse Jane's coming in on or Dr. Jane's coming in on on uh, Monday and we need to make sure she has all of her stuff. Well, that's that that was always thought of as an a, an operational I.T. facilitation thing, not a security thing. 
Um, and so it fell within uh, the IT operations because I was the one that caught hell for it if, if she couldn't see patients at eight o'clock in the morning. So I wanted to have some control over it. So a couple things there. Um, when you described the uh, example of you putting in specific credentials for one individual, it makes me think that something like that can't possibly scale when you have thousands of providers coming in and out on and off that those can't all be one-off requests to Wes and then you no. sit there and do it. So is, is that another reason we want to automate this with some software? Oh yeah. I mean, it's, this is, this is an area that just begs for automation. You know, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a little sad that um, uh, AI and ML, artificial intelligence, machine learning and, and artificial intelligence uh, came onto the market so soon because RPA, robotic process automation, didn't really get its time in the sun. And I think there's, there is so much stuff, so many areas uh, within healthcare IT, within all other processes that when you apply that RPA, that robotic process automation to a process that you could become so much more efficient than, than what you, what you are right now. And identity governance, like you said, Anthony is, is a huge one of those, you know, we used to, and, and a lot of places still do. Uh, yeah, West couldn't do it, but you know, if we had 40, 40 Wes's sitting in a room, and took a ticket, you know, a ticket mm -hmm. from the ticketing system and did my keyboard, my hands on the keyboard. Uh, well, then I could brute force it that way. But then I've got, you know, 40 people doing the same repetitive task uh, over and over, day in, day out. They're not having any fun doing it. And we're spending a bunch of money doing it. So let's let's put some automation, some robotic process automation around that. And we know there's mistakes being made. You mentioned. Oh, yeah. You mentioned taking um, a similar uh, profile and replicating it, but yep. then having to make adjustments based on your knowledge of what the previous profile had that this one shouldn't. It sounds right. like that's just rife for mistakes. And that, and if you have mistakes here, you have security openings, problems. Right. Yeah, yeah. That, that initial example, you know, it's a, I had a new provider coming in and, and everybody knows that, you know, let's uh, because he's not here, let's pick on Sean. Uh, uh, everybody, my, my buddy, <laughs> our chief medical officer, by the way, great guy. Uh, everybody knows that that uh, uh, Sean has been a physician here and and kind of does the same physician-y stuff as as Jane's going to do when she gets here on Monday. So let's just copy Sean's profile, and that'll get that'll get Jane set. Well, Sean also, you know, is a member of the. Uh, medical executive committee and, and actually happens to be the director of the graduate medical education program and so on and so on. So now nurse Jane, who's barely finding her, her way around the system because we've made it so complicated. Well, it is complicated. We haven't made it complicated, but it is. She's barely, and all of a sudden she's got access to all the, all the medical executive committee records and the GME records and, and that in and of itself is, you know, we CISOs will preach uh, least privilege. You know, that is right. not least privilege. Right. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's tons of those mistakes going on. All unwitting mistakes, mind you, but tons of those mistakes going on all the time when you try and brute force an identity governance system. What I was thinking is, uh, you know, we talked about who's going to run this and uh, you mentioned security folks. 
And I'm thinking that if, if you're clinicians, you know, IT running a project is, is not what, what you want to hear uh, or IT pushing a project, right? And, and then even probably below that is mm-hmm. the security folks pushing right. a project. So do you need to, is, is the convincing argument here to tie what you're doing to system availability and thus to patient care and patient safety? Is that what yeah. is going to work to get those clinicians to engage with a CISO on a digital identity or governance program? Um, yeah, that's that hard work that we talked about up front, uh, that you had to you had to get that group of people that fed into the identity governance system uh, funnel. You had to get you had to sit them down. You, they had to become the champions for the project. The C, and I put CMO in there because yeah. it is it is a it is an availability for that new nurse Jane that comes in on Monday morning. It's an availability issue, not just for her, but. You know, it's a, we don't ever want, and IT folks never want this, CISOs never want this. We don't ever want IT to stand in the way of a clinician being able to to provide care to a patient, especially in an emergent situation. You know, if Nurse Jane, if all the physicians needed uh, access to the ED module or to the trauma module, uh, and, uh, you know, the Sean that we copied didn't have access to it. Then when Jane got there, saw a trauma patient, couldn't get into, couldn't get into the specialty narrated or something to, to do, to do something. Well, we've just delayed the care to that, to that patient. So we never, we never want to do that. So it is a patient safety issue. And uh, I even it's mean, a, it's a clinical I, issue. I even mean beyond that, beyond them getting the proper roles so they can do what they want to do. I mean that if you don't do identity, right you open yourself to, to, to breaches and oh, yeah. the system goes down and now you have a real system. Now nobody can get on the system. Type yeah, thing. that's, I mean, that's absolutely true. We had uh, uh, just this last year, uh, I saw a, a post from, from Drex um, about potentially the first uh, patient death that was associated with a breach type event. It, it was in Germany where there was a, uh, ransomware that took down a, a healthcare system. A uh, patient was being transported there and was diverted because, hey, uh, don't bring them here because we can't see them because all of our systems are down. That patient was diverted somewhere else and uh, uh, ended up uh, dying uh, because of that diversion, which was caused by that ransomware attack. So yeah, it's it's a, it's a huge issue. Uh, <sighs> You know, I, I keep going back to that NIST, you know, that NIST had that conference around the solar winds attack and, uh, uh, Jay, uh, Gasly, I think one of the CISA, uh, analysts, uh, came out with one of my favorite quotes. They said, you know, uh, once we, I'm paraphrasing, uh, uh, come to find out everything around this attack, that, that this attack with this attack identity is everything. And that's, if you don't know one that the identities that you that are on and moving about your network are who they are, are who you think they are or what you think they are because there are the the non-human uh, identities um uh, but they are what you think they are uh, one you have to know that and then two you have to know what they're allowed to do and then three you have to know when they're doing things that they aren't allowed to do 
And then when you see a solar winds type of tack and, and you see a, a, a normal user that is elevated rights, you know, move from this PC to this PC. Uh, and in between there, uh, once they got to this PC, they elevated their rights somehow, hacked, uh, and then they moved to this server. Well, a normal user shouldn't be doing that. And so, right. you know, it's a three-step process. First, you know, you've got to have verified digital identities. Then you got to know what they're supposed to do. And then you got to know when they're doing things that are outside of what they're supposed to do. And that's why the, the HISAC, I think, that's why, because uh, it didn't say this in the white paper, but the, that second white paper they, they uh, put out when they put out their HISAC framework, they said, use a unified system for your identity and access uh, management. And I would suppose that that's why, that's why they said that so that you can see what's happening uh, in those three major buckets of digital identity uh, using a, a single uh, uh, pane of glass to kind of check things. Let me, uh, we've got time for about one more question. Um, so if we have uh, health, you know, healthcare IT executives from the hospitals and health systems, they're listening to this. You have those that are true believers. You have, you know, let's look at a spectrum. Yeah. You have those that are true believers and they're off and running and they're doing this and they're, they're working hard. Um, I guess at the other end of the spectrum, you might have smaller institutions that don't have either the bandwidth, the resources. I don't know. And then in the middle, what's in the middle? What's, what's the average? What's going on right now with the average? What do you want to say to the people in the middle right now? Yeah, I think that... I think the people in the middle right now, uh, they, they recognize uh, that identity governance is a problem, identity management, let's call it identity management, enca encapsulating the whole system. That identity management uh, is an issue. Um, they don't, they can't 100%, those three buckets say check, check, check. And they want to get there. Uh, but the problem in health IT, and it's been this way you know, for the 25 years that I've been in it, is you know, they got 10 pounds worth of work and a five-pound bag to put it in. And, and every time they want to um, fix something, let's say, uh, every time they know that they're adding work. And so... And so the, they have to, in their minds, go, okay, this is a big project. It's a lot of work. Uh, identity governance systems is a lot of work. Even, even if you do it with Improvada, you know, it's still a lot of work. Uh, and where am I going to find that work, uh, given all the other work that is on my folks' plate? Uh, you know, and you've got the, of course, you've got the, the COVID stuff that came up initially with the building tents and new new networks and then you had the surge of people coming on uh, uh on board and and then people moving roles you know uh, ambulatory nurse over into the the uh, covid ward and you had to switch switch roles and stuff like that actually folks are learning that's why a lot of them are going right now we're seeing a big uptake in that a lot of folks are going man i i don't want to go through this again i I, we talked about the spaghetti bowl before mm -hmm. on this, yep. you know, they created this big bowl of spaghetti and now I got to unwind it. I don't want to do that again. So I'm just going to throw that spaghetti away and build something that isn't going to be spaghetti. So we're starting to see a lot of interest that way. But, and, and now with the vaccine rollout, you've got even more HIT demand out there. So it, it's, 
it's it's um, it's a matter of prioritization, and I think that uh, given the security and the operational and, and the and the the clear demonstration during the COVID crisis of how important digital identity is, that that identity governance project, identity management pro project, is really floating its way up into you know it might have been number you know fifteen mm -hmm. or twenty on the list of things to do. Um, oftentimes we're seeing it pop up in the top five now, but it's, it, it always has been, always will be. I think, uh, these are smart folks out there. This, the CIO, CTO, CISOs, they're smart folks. They know that, that identity is everything. It's, it's a matter of how can I, how can I reprioritize resources to get to this? And, and frankly, it's a lot of how do I sell it to my the rest of my executive staff that I can't do this clinical project for my doctors, for my clinicians, right. because I want to do identity governance. And that's why it's so important up front that 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 you build this cadre of champions for uh, identity governance in, in that executive suite. Excellent stuff, Wes. I think this is going to be extremely valuable to a lot of people who listen. You always give the great perspective, got that provider side background. So uh, thank you. good stuff. And I, I want to thank you. Hey, thanks, Anthony. Like I said, always a pleasure talking to you. All right, Wes. Have a great day. Hey, you too.